0: Welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. So this episode, we're highlighting the 2023 South Dakota hunt, whitetail hunt, as well as talking about the differences between whitetails in Michigan and in South Dakota. All right, welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. Thank you for listening as always. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure if you do like this episode, that you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. And as always, if you want to get a little bit more, head on over to myhoneypodcast.com, Check out the additional content that's available, as well as become a member. You get access to special access member-only discounts, exclusive content, and members-only giveaways. So for this episode, I'm joined by... Dwayne Kroll and Gary Draper as we make our way back from our South Dakota trip for the 2023 season. Now for us, Gary and I, we did not draw tags for the uh, hunting out there this year, but Dwayne did. So we uh, we went out there with him to share in the hunt with him and help him fill his tag, which we get into uh, that hunt and kind of what led to it uh, here in the episode. And then we get into quite a bit about how, uh, you know, basically how his family, you know, got out to South Dakota and why they started hunting out there and why, uh, you know, why he continues to go out there as well as we start to discuss the kind of the differences between um, South Dakota and Michigan in regards to hunting. And we kind of get into the differences and similarities of it uh, and as to why we kind of like hunting both. So. So I'm not going to hold this up anymore. Let's go ahead and get into the conversation with Dwayne, Gary, and myself.
1: Let's go back in the history of South Dakota, and then we can talk about this one.
0: Well, I yeah, well, I figure it out kind of... When did it become a state? How so, far do you, you want to go back?
1: <laughs> no, we're going to go back from, I suppose, the first time you brought me out there.
0: Oh, I see. So You well, don't want to go all the way back. Well, actually, I kind of want to go back to... So,
1: first time you wanted out there, maybe. I don't know.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, Gary, what was the first time that you went out there? Because your, your mom and dad looked at getting property out there. How old well, were you then?
2: Well, in 2009, Janice and I wanted to take the kids. Allison had turned 18, and Adrian was 16, Aaron was Andrew was 14, and Aaron was 12 and we wanted to take them out to see Mount Rushmore, and kind of patriotic. And so we uh, rented a big house out there on Van Ocker Canyon Road, and Mom and Dad took, went with us and uh, followed us out. And um, we went to the house that we rented, and uh, we stayed there a week, and... Um, that was kind of in the northeast of the Black Hills, and we, everything we wanted to see was actually more towards the central and southern part, and uh, so we went down to uh, what was called Harney Peak at the time, now it's called Black Elk Peak. Um, so we went through uh, Custer, and my mom fell in love with Custer, South Dakota. And said she, her and my dad always wanted to live out west, have a house out there. And when she got to Custer, she fell in love with Custer, South Dakota and said, I want to have a house here or near here. So uh, we were out in May before Memorial Day. We went on vacation um, because we homeschooled our kids so we could go on vacation uh, anytime we want. We always went when the parks weren't crowded, uh, after Labor Day or before Memorial Day. So anyways, um, they went back out after we got home to Michigan, and um, her and dad went out and found a piece of property and found a, a repossessed home that was essentially brand new. The people only were in it for like eight months, so it was... And uh, so they went out and they purchased the property and they purchased the uh, mobile home, um, which was essentially brand new. And so when they went to hire the guy to move the home onto the new property, which it had to be pulled 10 miles, I went out with them to help with the move. And I pulled a, uh, what do you call that, uh, rental trailer, U-Haul u-haul trailer behind their they had a sierra 1500 and uh i pulled the trailer with all of their extra furniture that was going to go in the new house so they had me kind of oversee the movement of the house to the new property and then uh we hired that uh character that you guys like so well to go hunting with (laughs) uh can we say his first name oh
1: yeah dennis dennis Oh, yeah. We
2: hired Dennis to help us move all the furniture into the house. Um, so we got that, got that all set. Everything was hooked up, and um, my boys were 12 and 14 at the time. And even an out-of-state youth could buy a antlerless over-the-counter antlerless uh, permit for 10 bucks. So we. Um, we purchased them a an antlerless permit. Um, I applied for a tag but didn't draw. You do need a few preference points to draw a, a deer tag out there, depending on what section you want. But um, we uh, went out in November with the boys and uh, funny story, we went out at Thanksgiving. We spent Thanksgiving there. And uh, Thanksgiving morning, we went out hunting and uh, that morning we saw 14 bucks, I mean different bucks, not the same one, over and over again, but we saw 14 bucks. They literally could not get a shot at a doe because behind every doe was a buck her and couldn't get, find one that, that was setting still. As unbelievable as that sounds, so we had Thanksgiving dinner around noon and we went back out for the afternoon and we lost count at another 12 bucks, so we saw over 26 bucks the first day that my boys and I hunted out there. And finally, the next day, um, they both harvested their antlerless uh, deer, and um, and they um, hunted there every year until they turned 18. And then my Older son has gone out a couple times with me. He took his first mule deer buck. Um, was that 2017, Dwayne?
1: Yeah, that was.
2: You were with us.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and then he took a white tail a couple of years later, five point. And then uh, the last year, you all were with us. Yep. And he took that eight point. He told me, he said, Dad, he says, I, I just want, I don't expect a trophy. He says, I just want a deer bigger than the one I took last time, which was a five-point. And this time, that last time, he took an 8 point And he was very happy. It. Well, you know, the the mule deer was a big deal because Dwayne was driving, and Andrew was sitting next to Dwayne in the, in the front, and I was sitting behind my son he was in the passenger side were you sitting behind du- you weren't there that i wasn't year. there that was 2017 yeah. yep um we went you went out in 2021 right correct yep for the first time yep um and we were with you then yeah but not in 2022 you and Dwayne went out for mule deer yep um, Yep. so anyways we were traveling down uh in uh 27A the section that he had a any deer tag so he could shoot mule deer whitetail, buck doe it didn't matter and he was sitting probably behind you Dwayne and spotted a a fork horn out in a little opening off to the left and out there you know you can have your gun doesn't have to be cased You can have rounds in the magazine, but you cannot have one in the chamber. You have to exit the vehicle, step off the road before you can load one in the chamber. And uh, he spotted the buck. He told me, he said, Dad, there's a buck over there. Dwayne stopped the truck. And um, I said, well, you know, it's your tag. You know, if you want it, you're going to have to stalk it. You know, you got to leave the vehicle, get onto the National Forest, get out of the road, and uh, we, you know, that's the thing is, Ty, we don't, we don't want to do anything to jeopardize our hunting privileges out there, you know, stick by the rules, and then you don't have to worry that about getting caught, so um, he stepped out of the road and walked onto the National Forest and just stalked up to the deer. I don't know. How far do you think he was, doing?
1: 40-50 yards? Yeah, I think he was just about 50 yards.
2: Yep, and he made a great shot. There was a, it was behind just a little bit of a hill, so when it when it dropped, dropped out of his sight, and he of course he thought he missed. I said, <laughs> "No, no, uh Andrew, you you dropped him. That's why you can't see him. He's going to be laying right behind that little knoll right there, and sure enough, and uh, you know it couldn't be prouder you know he spotted the deer he stalked the deer legally and harvested it cleanly it was a fork horned mule deer his first one and I was you know I was very proud of him you know he took it fair and square and uh, with no help from dad or Dwayne you know Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a a very good time very very rewarding
1: yeah and one thing I can tell you, I, you know, being around Gary and Andrew, uh, they're good shots. I had no question that when Andrew took that shot, that deer, he, had, he hit that deer, and, and that was going to go far.
2: Yeah, he, he's taken quite a few deer, um, and he's never lost one. Matter of fact, I don't think he's ever had one take more than one or two steps before it fell over. Yeah, he's, he's very thorough. Um, he wants to make sure it's going to die humanely. So, and that's, that, you know, that's just the way he was raised and taught. So, and um, so next year, hopefully, um, my other son, Aaron, will be, he's got preference points. He's got a gob of them. And uh, he hasn't been out there for quite a few years. So, hopefully, it'll be uh, Dwayne and Ty and. Andrew and Aaron and myself and maybe my daughter, uh, Adrian, will be out hunting next year. But yeah, you know, so you know, it's too bad uh, my dad uh, passed away in 2013. Um, uh, he loved to have the kids out there and come out and hunt. His grandkids. So um, wish he was still around. It was fun.
1: Well, I think you keep that tradition, you know, to keep that place out there and, and keep the hunting year after year.
2: Oh, yeah, it's our intentions to, you know, and that was my dad's wishes. He said, when he's gone, he says, I want, you know, he told me, he says, I want to make sure that the house is available for any of the family members to come out and vacation, enjoy, because uh, it is beautiful out there. I mean, I've always liked the mountainous terrain and stuff, but... Yeah, yeah, we're just trying to keep to Dad's wishes.
0: Yeah, and of course, I've never had the privilege of meeting him, but I, I imagine he'd be tickled just the fact that, you know, having as many times of having like a, a deer camp come out and utilize the property and enjoy going out and hunting and, you know, that type of thing. So I'm sure he, I'm sure he'd be, uh, you know, happy with. Uh, You'd I'm glad have the to people are coming out and doing that. You'd have to have met my dad.
2: I mean, you want to talk about somebody who who knew hospitality? I mean, from the time you met him, it was like you were old friends after five minutes. I mean, <laughs> the guy, you know, he would literally give you the shirt off his back to you know keep you happy or whatever if you needed it. He, you know, I mean, Ty made the comment. He thinks I'm a hospitable host um when he's out there at the house and it's like I said, well you should have met my dad. You know, he he probably puts me to shame.
0: Yeah, he was he was he was a good guy to be around. But but yeah, I mean, I mean if it, I mean, honestly if it wasn't for you and your family, I mean, Dwayne and I wouldn't have, you know, had the opportunity to come out and do these hunts. Absolutely. I mean, you you invited Dwayne out and then he Dwayne knew that I was huh. big in the hunting, so he said I need to look into it and
1: Well, a little behind that story, um, uh, 2000, uh, well, I think I had to buy preference points. So I think, Gary, didn't I start on that like 2014, buying the preference points?
2: Yeah, I think it was uh, probably the year after Dad passed away Yeah, 2013.
1: So I started buying preference points, and I worked my way up to, I think, three. And I applied, and I applied for the 2017 season. So we planned to go out there, and... um, absolutely andrew was successful i was successful also we um that was my uh, biggest buck i ever shot it was it was a 10 point and um yeah it was rather incredible the first thing um i was told by dennis our you know friend that we talked about here he's he's kind of a character but the first thing he told me and we'll use it in the nicest language um don't shoot the first one you see and um, Coming from Michigan, I didn't know what that meant because of course in Michigan before we had the point restriction, you seen horns, you were shooting it. That's what I was raised on, that's what we did because you didn't see horns that often. And then I'd hunted for you know my whole life and boy, if you even seen a buck in the in the woods that year was amazing. So you were taking a shot. So I didn't quite understand what he was talking about. Day one day one, um, I already had seen well. It, 19 bucks i was like oh this is uh this is different this is quite different and um it was it was an incredible experience when i got my buck it was at a long 29 yards uh with a buck that i was able to legally exit the vehicle legally chamber around walked up, stalked up on the on the buck and it didn't even care. It was sochin' rut. Well
2: it never looked at us. Never looked at us. From the time we spotted it, it never looked at us.
1: I it never completely ignored us. I'll be honest, it was um it was surreal. I was I aimed, I fired, I think I hit a little high. Um I think it just uh caught me off that it was that easy, but it didn't it didn't go far. It stayed there and it was quite the uh it was it was a beautiful buck. Um, it was a great experience. We had covered a lot of ground, but boy, we had seen so many opportunities. I had um it was uh, yeah, it was hard for me to say no, no, that's not the one. No, we're going to let that go. I was like, "Wait a minute. In Michigan there's no way. That doesn't happen." I now I think, um, you know, nowadays with the point restrictions, we're seeing some improvement in Michigan's hunting. And I think we're starting to understand that. And I'm starting to get that. But, boy, that's not how I came up.
2: Well, it's absolutely true that we're seeing benefits from the point restriction. Um, my trail camera showing better bucks. I, I'm not going to say more, but I'm going to say average better. Yeah. Um, out there see that's the difference you know out there you, as a resident you have to get preference points it's a drawing out there i mean you just don't go buying over the counter firearms now bow is different um you can get a bow tag um though you know it you know usually the ranges are a little bit longer so you know we had a guy that we knew um that went out there bow hunting for antelope. He didn't get one because, uh, you know, they're out there in the prairie mostly and shots are going to be long, probably even with a rifle. I'm not sure how you do that. And, you know, I want to say, you know, I was a typical Michigan deer hunter where, you know, I was probably going to, and I know there's guys that have better spots than I do and they see more bucks than I do. I'm just talking about me personally. I was I was figuring I was gonna see one, maybe two bucks in a rifle season. Um and like you said, Duane, you you know, you're if it's if it's a legal buck, you're shooting.
1: Absolutely.
2: And I know there's guys that are better hunters than I am. They got better places than I'm I'm just talking specifically about me and my I mean, my wife and I, we own forty acres. Um and of course, why own property and then not hunt it? So we hunt it, um, and you know, I just we just are typical. You know, we're not going to see that many. You know, we were kind of shocked at at how many, but they limit the number of of tags for even the non or even the residents. So consequently, uh, you see a lot of deer and a, and a lot of bucks
0: and quality. Yeah, and it seems like the the um, age structure is much more balanced what it would you would imagine it to be is you know there's not a, an over abundance of does compared to bucks and then you actually see a good breakdown of different age groups of the bucks you see spikes yearlings a year and a half old two-year-olds and all the way up
2: well typical of the valley there where the house is at um, and it's at it's at about 5,200 feet above sea level um, typical in that valley. Um, the nice thing about the Black Hills is the, the valley floors are generally private property. Yep. As you start going up on the mountainous ridges, that's national forest. 80% of the Black Hills is national forest. It might at times seem a little crowded because all of the houses are bunched in the bottom of the valleys. But you got to remember... 80% of it is national forest or uh, Custer State Park. There's some national parks, national monuments. So it, it may seem like there's a lot of houses, but which if you spread it all over the, the whole area, it's, it's not that bad. Um, but the, typical of this year, um, in the valley there we saw one really small spike and a little bit bigger spike, and then we had probably three eight points that we were watching regularly uh, in the valley there. And then you guys, I believe, saw a, a six-point. Yep. Which, yep. let me clarify that. It's
1: a three. three-point three. For
2: the South Dakota people, they're going to say a six-point. Oh, my gosh, that's 12. They, If it's even numbered, they call it. A eight, What we call an eight point, they call a four point. They mean four by four. If it's a seven point, they call it a four by three.
0: And that terminology comes more so from like, um, from like the elk and the mule deer. Because you hear that terminology used quite a bit for, that, for those game species, at least from what I've heard.
2: Well, speaking of those, those elk, you know, um, we were out there hunting, I think it was my second or third year. And I was with Dennis and you gotta realize he knows the Black Hills like you know your backyard. Um, so we were out there and we were, I was deer hunting and we came we came through the national forest there and looked up on this one wooded uh, peak and there were four bull elk standing in a group and it was It was magnificent. And I I told Dennis, and I don't know, I I hope the game department wouldn't frown on this, but I told Dennis, I said, I just want to pick up my rifle and look at it through the scope. And I did. And now I know why people miss photographs of uh, UFOs and Bigfoot. I had my camera sitting right next to me in the truck. And I, I was so awestruck by these four bull out and they were five by five and six by sixes and i only remembered my camera at the very end when they were already moving off and i got one bad picture of them and uh, now i understand why people freeze uh, when they see something stunning like that I was, I was just shocked
0: yeah it's um so that's one thing that was key too is like what we kind of talked about with the with the ballets a lot of the, with the People have their houses and whatnot. There's a lot of small ranches. They do, you know, they either have some form of livestock or they have, you know, growing hay. Or usually, cattle's usually the big one too, um, which will be key as part of uh, part of Dwayne's hunt this year. But I mean, you know, this year, Gary, you didn't draw a tag. I didn't draw a tag. Dwayne, you did. So the, basically, the focus was to uh get you out and let you hunt i mean you came out with me the past two years and sat and or went with me in those two hunts and so now this time was your turn so
1: yeah and we had a very limited limited time um wasn't even considering the fact that um
0: we'll we'll get out of here that way you can yeah now you're good
1: we had a very limited time this year because um our hunting season in michigan was kind of pressed up against thanksgiving and um Ty, myself, um, well, Gary, we all were going to get back for Thanksgiving with our families. Our wives are incredible to let us go do this, but they want us to be home for that. And so uh, the the time was limited, and we needed to do that and get back on the road. And we're on the road right now. And so I'm maneuvering while we're on the road, safely, by the way. Do you know where you're going? Yes. (laughs) That's always been the question. I do know where I'm going now. That being said, um, so we really kind of looked at you know we were going to hunt and we were kind of planning it out hopefully that we could I would have my deer on the weekend and we had seen three deer three eight points in the valley, all of which to be honest were very close to the same size we had we had covered a lot of ground um, I would say we' seen bucks but it was a our time we didn't get to put in the time we probably normally would three, four days, five days, so there was a little more limited options anyways, we were able to get in the valley where we had a forest service area um, or public land, and I the evening of Saturday um, I had about ten minutes of legal shooting time left and um I we were I was able to see that an a point I was able to step in legal place I racked the gun and um, ah it clicked well someone got excited and uh, I guess I have a new nickname called short stroke I tried to rack it again and I did it again click never done this before with my uh, 308 I mean it was pretty embarrassing the third time boy I know I I know I had a bullet go in by that time the bucket went off it was and plus. My legal shooting time was over. So I was quite disappointed and, um, you know, and and pretty embarrassed. I was like, wow, wow, that was crazy. But I'll be honest with you, we were like, okay, I had my opportunity, we'll go do it. The idea was to come into that same area in the morning and see if we got lucky. Um, I uh, I was up early in the morning. (laughs) I had to check my gun, made sure it was good. I was all... Legal and uh, made sure I wouldn't have any malfunctions. So legal shooting time, we had looked, it was, I think, 6.25 a.m. That would be Mountain Standard Time. That was legal shooting time. And sure enough, in the morning, by about 6.20, there's there's a nice A point. And I'm in a nice area where he doesn't see me, but I need to wait. I need to be legal. So that was the longest five-minute wait of my life. I was, I was incredibly close. I was just around some rocks, and I could see him. He didn't care. I, was, I mean, this was closer than my 29-yard shot. Think, and um, I kept looking at the clock, and it was endless. And 624, and then I think the clock froze.
2: Well, we heard the boom at 625. Yeah. Right on the money.
1: I, I, had, the, I had him in sights. I waited, legal shooting time, he still was there. I took the shot, and I knew I hit him, and I don't know, Ty had binoculars. How far did he go, Ty?
0: Um, He was probably 50, 60 yards, I would guess, that he ran total. I'd guess that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was closer than I was used to. I I would say my shot was off just a slight bit because, I'll be honest, my scope was set when I was seeing quite mostly deer. Um, that being said, one shot, one kill, we got him down. It was a very nice eight point. I was not unhappy at all. I would, we're guesstimating, we won't know until later, we're approximately two, two and a half year old. Two and a half, maybe a three and a half.
0: I mean, somewhere in there.
1: Somewhere in there. Um, Ty, Ty will give me more information on that. He, um, he's going to take care of the skull for me and, uh. And check into that but it was a it was a clean shot but again here's a hunt that we did two days two and a half days that we put into this hunt and I had that opportunity I decided to take that opportunity sure there could have been a bigger buck out there our time frame I wanted a nice buck I it was I'm very happy with this buck and um, it just and <laughs> to be honest after my evening um, embarrassments, I really was determined that a I was going to get a nice buck and I was going to have a clean shot without any errors. So which I did, and I, I was very thankful that that went really well. And ultimately, I think a very successful hunt. But it just attests to the deer hunting out there, the uniqueness of it. But some of the stuff you see. I mean, you see what you read in Field and Stream, you actually you see them in the rut, you see them acting, we find the scrapes. I'll let Ty
0: elaborate on some of that. Yeah, so, um, I mean, basically we run into where the rut typically is kind of peak rut right around Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, and so, usually our time frame, we've kind of noticed that the past couple of years we've come out here, especially in the Black Hill section, that usually when we get out there first thing— the rut activity seems to be a little bit slower. You see a lot of does still by themselves, but within that first two to three days of us being there, a lot of those does are usually having bucks chasing them. Uh, Gary, you saw the night before, um, it probably the buck that Dwayne shot, you actually saw him breeding a doe. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, there
2: was a scrape. There's a little Rocky Valley, um, on the National Forest, off the property, and um, there was a a scrape uh, up there at the entrance of that valley, and uh, I had watched a doe, um, well, actually I watched that spite first. He walked up there and was sniffing that scrape, and then um, she walked up there and squatted and urinated in it, and so we figured, well she's ready and so it wasn't long after that um saw the buck breeder you know right there and uh so we knew with you know the the valleys out there have a lot of grass in them and you will see them come off the ridges where they obviously bed during the day and they come down the ridges and they feed in that on that grass in the valley um we're one of the lucky property owners out there that we have a creek a flowing creek through our property so it's it's very green um lots of grass um we do have a fence there where we can uh, we sometimes keep uh cattle uh in there for our own consumption and um so they feed down there and uh so you can sit on the decks there on the house and with the binoculars watch the deer and uh so they're they're right there and um so they come off those ridges after bedding for the day they come down those valleys and feed uh in the evening and as soon as those shadows from those mountain ridges start hitting that valley they come out of the woodwork i mean all of a sudden one minute, there's nothing, and the next minute, you can see them just flowing out of the ridges. But yeah. it's, it's kind of a unique area. Um,
1: no, I do agree with that, and it's amazing how fast they just come in. Yeah,
0: yeah you. Get there, I mean, half the time, they're running down the hills to get down into the valleys to start feeding. And then, of course, with the rut time frame, those bucks know those does are coming down to the valleys. So they, yep. come, they come through and start checking those does, chase them around. Uh
2: And we saw a lot of that. You know, bucks coming through to find where the does are at, check, scrape, see if there's any does that are receptive and ready to go. And I just, I had never seen an actual breeding event uh, ever. Uh, And I've hunted since I was uh, 12 years old. Um, My dad had me uh, bow hunting. Uh, in 1973, um, I, I started bow hunting. When I was a kid, um, you had to be 12 to bow hunt and 14 to rifle hunt. That was the law. And, uh, of course, my dad was a bow hunter, and um, uh, he gave me his hand-me-down uh, bear Kodiak Magnum, 40-pound, uh, shot my first deer deer with it, I think I was 14 when I took my first doe with a bow, so that would be, you know, 1975. And um, so, but it's it is unique out there. And you you like you know I've hunted since I was 12, and I've never seen that type of activity. But like I mentioned earlier, on Thanksgiving Day, that first. In 2009, the first year my sons hunted out there, we did see bucks chasing the does everywhere. It, w- it was really hard for my boys to get it, find a doe that was actually s- sitting still. It just seems like every one of them was you know, running for her life. Uh, she wasn't ready or receptive, uh, but they didn't care.
0: Nope. And, yeah.
2: But yep. they, they finally got their opportunity, and uh, they both
0: took their first uh, whitetail. Um, yeah because that was actually their first time really hunting wasn't it was that yes. that year so that was uh, the first yep. for them
2: and South Dakota was I thought was very generous um, with the uh, non-resident youth being able to buy a over the counter antlerless permit for $10 and uh, we we utilized those until the boys were 18 the last time they could get one and uh, we utilized those every year Um and, uh, yeah, had a lot of fun, had yeah. a lot of fun doing it. But, you know, just like with Dwayne was the only one who drew a tag this year, but, frankly, you and I had as just as much fun just helping spot deer and trying to find that buck for, you know, Dwayne to fill his tag.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, that's with me last year. Ty had drawn his tag. I didn't draw a tag, and to be honest, I had every bit as much fun Trying to find that mule deer for Ty and and it's just it was download of information, of just of you know how they act and um, yeah it I it's enjoyable either way. Just seeing wild game and uh, seeing them do the stuff that you know we watch on YouTube
0: and stuff, but now we're seeing that live. It's real. Yep. Yeah, because that was one thing too. Like you know, it was a couple years ago when we were out here when when I had that Black Hills tag, we went to the Custer um, State Park and. And again, that's an area where a very limited number of residents can draw a tag there, but no non—you know, no, no non-residents. So, a lot of those deer are very much unpressured, and we saw all sorts of rutting activity. I actually saw a, you know, a, a very mature buck, in, you know, right next to the road work a scrape, um, and that was one of the first times really actually being able to watch a deer work a scrape like that. And a licking branch. And a li- with a licking branch and everything yeah. like that, and he was grunting and. Yeah, he this. gave
2: us the full show. Yep. I mean, it was. Uh, I,
0: yeah, and the first
2: time I'd ever seen it.
0: Yep. And then even this year, after you've gotten your buck, we were just kind of driving around sightseeing, looking for more deer. Um, what was the saying we kept saying? Always hunting. <laughs> no, always even, hunting. Even though no one had a tag left to <laughs> yeah, fill. Yeah, we always hunting. We were still just looking for deer, and we saw that nice buck. Um, oh yeah. Out on that, in that pasture. We got a beautiful picture of it. I mean, it looks like, um,
1: you know. I won't mention the magazines, but it looks like the magazines that you'd see. It
0: looks like that perfect picture. Nope. I mean, it's yeah. incredible. And he had he he was out there with a doe, and he had her pinned up against basically uh, a fence. Essentially, she saw the vehicle try taking off, and he cut her off twice to keep her from getting back into the hills. You know, he was basically trying to keep her isolated so he could, have, you know, at some point, breed her. So it, was, it again another one of those that you know things that you don't see all that often of the deer, you know, in that rut and their, kind of their natural behavior.
1: And I learned from my dad, um, who hunted for several years, who towards the end, hunting to him was to see the animals, to see the deer. It wasn't as always as important to take one. And, you know, once he got cameras and things and took pictures, to him, that's taking the deer also. I guess maybe your version of uh, catch and release and hunting, I suppose. Um, So we, we got pictures of a lot of these bucks. And to me, every time we would obtain a picture, you know, in these situations or video, I felt like, well, we've obtained that. And I think it, you know, allowing them to grow up. But on top of that, it was just incredible experiences that are just right there that you can, um, you can just uh, enjoy and see. And again, it's, it's nothing like seeing it live, I mean, I've watched a lot of, um, you know, YouTube and all the
0: videos, and it's incredible. But when you actually see it, it's there's nothing like it. Yeah, it's certainly a, a very unique experience Experience compared to Michigan hunting. Again, especially in years past, you know, you, you wouldn't pass on that four corn or that spike because uh, that might have been your only opportunity. And again, this is a very unique uh, experience where, yeah, even if you, you know, mess up or, you know, I had my misfire... You had your rifle that didn't load around properly. You you get more experience by having those more opportunities. No, I, I agree completely.
1: And Gary, wasn't it? You know, when we were younger, wasn't it
0: uh, three inches yeah, on three one touch
1: spike? On and one that side. was yeah. And, uh, and if you saw one, you were taking it because you, you didn't know you'd get another opportunity.
2: And let's let's be honest here. You know, there are areas in Michigan that have lots of deer in them. Yep. Uh, lots of bucks I know there's hunters in Michigan that see lots of bucks and lots of does and stuff just in our area we don't and right. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to say that the area we're hunting out in the Black Hills is better than every place in Michigan I know better that there are guys who and you know let's let's take a look and analyzing the deer that we see out there we see lots of mature mature not trophy quality but lots of mature 8 points 10 points sorry people from out west 4 points and 5 points let's let's get it correct <laughs> and uh you know you don't we've seen a couple well I took a 140 class white tail down in 27A had a um an any deer tag and he was chasing a doe and um he was scored in the 140s biggest deer I've ever taken um probably the biggest deer I've really ever seen but you know let's let's face it there are some Absolutely wall hanger bucks in Southern Michigan. Um,
0: let's not fool ourselves That's a good point, and, yeah, like you said, I mean, we're part of the you know northern lore. again, with our antler point restrictions that we've had for several years, like you said, we discussed already you know though that caliber buck is getting better yes um, absolutely so I mean it, it's probably not too much farther along. We'll actually have some really nice trophy deer up here in the the northern lower.
1: Um. Well, let's be honest, Gary, you've invested time into hunting in Michigan. You know, you, you taught hunter safety. You know, you've been a big advocate for hunting here. And, um, you know, and I think, I think what Gary and I have talked about is, Gary just looks at the quality versus quantity.
2: Oh, that was a point I was going to make right there. You, you, you read my mind. You know, as we get older, we're more interested in, in the quality of the deer not so much the quantity um we've we've taken our share of spike horns and you know four points and stuff and it's you know as we mature we're sitting there going you know if i don't if i don't tag a deer this year it's okay i'm just looking for something that's uh higher quality and and i think this this uh, quality deer management is definitely going in that direction my my trail camera that I put out shows that um, so yeah it's 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 a good time
0: to uh, be hunting uh, in Michigan I agreed yeah I mean I'm like again we discussed that you know in years past it'd be you know you might have one good buck or you know one good buck that multiple people are chasing. And now, you know, you usually get, you know, everyone kind of has their buck that they're kind of going after, or they've seen multiple, um, you know, potential bucks that they'd be certainly happy to be shooting and, you know, putting on their wall and whatnot. So, yeah, that's, it's 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 been a really interesting uh, experience of seeing that transition. Because, uh, again, growing up, I mean, you know, you'd be happy with a year and a half old buck. And then now it's, you know, everyone's, you know, eager to shoot a little bit older age class deer. And, you know, like you said... We're getting Better. more selective, yep. you
2: know, especially as we grow older
0: uh, when we're hunting. Yep. But, um, but, yeah, I guess the one thing I did want to kind of go back to with, with Dwayne with your hunt is that, you know, with that time frame of that buck, I mean, we had seen other bucks in areas, and we'd seen them chasing. So I know, you know, Gary and I were talking about it, that we were unsure of how long the buck was going to stick around, if he was going to start pushing those does around and then, you know, not give you an opportunity if another buck was going to show up and you know kind of push him out of the way um yeah it was
1: an it was a 5 minutes that seemed like 5 hours and things went through my head of right maybe another buck's going to come in um potentially um but it was just such a great opportunity for a clean kill um you know i think a little of my my um failures of the night before weighed in on the option and it was just a very pretty symmetrical buck healthy and um it was a nice shot and it it really you know and it worked out um I mean that's one thing how blessed can you be to go out somewhere and spend that limited time which we had limited time to fill our tag and 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 to basically Almost, uh, I guess I'm going to call it blessed and lucky to just almost have it on demand to, to fill our tag, fill my tag when we did. And so it gave us the opportunity to process the deer and um, do those things, um, you know, with getting back for our families and, um, you know, again, with Thanksgiving being closer this year, next year, I think it's going to spread out. I think we were talking about that. It was, it's important to us. We wanted to get back an adequate time. Um, we're, all blessed with wives that allow us to go do these things and go hunt and spend this time away, but we all have families, and um, you know that that comes first above all else to us, you know, um, as our families. Uh, besides, of course, our religion, and um, we we want to get back to them, and so this is just such an opportunity to be able to have a clean, beautiful a point. Um, and to be honest, once we did that, and harvested that. I still felt like we were hunting, but we were going out looking, downloading, and I there's absolutely no uh, regrets of taking that buck. It's a beautiful buck, and um, I uh, yeah. Again, I'm learning patience, something I didn't have. <laughs> I uh, you know that, that you can you know take these. So there were ones we had seen that we had passed on, that I had passed on earlier. And um, again, that's a concept. That's still a new concept. So, um,
2: well, and you know, let's let's not leave people with the impression that it's you know all roses. Um, no, you know, you guys saw thirty-five deer that that first evening in the valley. Yeah, spread over the valley. Yep, you know, and there are times that you know you'll let's not. You know, give people the impression that you you see twenty, thirty five deer every night in the valley out there. There are times when when you know you'll only see one or two. You know, it just you know, it's not like every night, but your chances are pretty good that you're gonna you're gonna see quite a few. Um, there are there are times you know you don't you don't see a buck uh, coming out into the valley. You know, we got to remember too that. Uh, South Dakota has a resident elk season for the month of October, and those residents out there they hunt elk hard and so it and you know it spooks it spooks uh the deer and so right after elk season, they can be a little bit um timid um after being pushed by the elk elk hunters and you know that's just the way it is you
0: know. Yeah, we did. We did notice that. That, um, yeah, even the, like especially the does. Even they, they really didn't want to stick around. Um, like we even saw some that you know probably Spe- just from here in the vehicle. They were they were already taking off. Especially in running.
2: certain areas, probably yeah. where there's a more high, uh, a higher elk concentration, where the uh, residents were, you know, concentrating on um, filling their elk tags, and those deer were probably. A little more skittish than other areas um so yeah it, it's not all roses i mean oh you no know, still do a little work
1: i think ty and i learned that even though we were just outside the black hills of 27a um we learned that last year that you know you can spend a lot of time and cover a lot of ground and not see a lot of deer um i mean it's still beautiful country so to me i'm i'm happy wherever everywhere we see so many other things, but, um, no, and, and I did not see as many deer this time that I seen in 2017, you know, but, um, again, we didn't have the opportunity to spend as much time. And that's why, um, when that opportunity presented itself, I might not have had that opportunity again. I was blessed to have it, to have a second chance after the evening when I had a, had a prime opportunity. So um, no, I think Gary is hitting it right on the head. It, it's not, and and um, you have to spend your time. But again, pretty blessed to have uh, be with people, you know, Gary, um, Dennis in the past that you know that have been out there and they know that area and they know those tendencies. Because yeah, I mean, Ty and I've went out and we're getting a little bit better, but it's it's not the same. We still don't know. We're still learning, and um, you know. It's uh yeah it's it's absolutely I agree with Gary it's it's definitely not all all roses, but I'll tell you being out there um in the mountains hunting deer whether you get a deer or not to me it's still pretty good pretty, well I'll tell pretty you good. what
2: maybe I can get Ty since he's a bow hunter to agree with me um, as exciting as it is to me the most exciting time to be deer hunting is on a fall michigan day where the leaves are dry and you can hear that deer for who knows how far crunching those leaves and your heart starts pounding because you have no idea how big that deer is um and like i i've told ty and uh, Dwayne that when i don't get excited anymore listening to a deer Walk through the dry leaves in a Michigan hardwoods. I'm done. Um, I'm not going out there just to shoot. I mean, I my heart pounds when I hear those. And I, for me, even as good as the hunting is where we're at out in the Black Hills, still the most exciting hunting for me is still listening to those deer coming through a hardwoods before you see them. You just hear them walking through those dry leaves, and I mean, that to me, is the most exciting hunt uh, part of hunting that you can have.
1: No, I agree and and we talked about that. That's a little bit different. You don't hear them coming and, you know you have to see them. and um I have a a a friend who is hearing impaired in Michigan, and um, he really has to use his vision for that and i I, gary and i talked and i said that's the part that we we said wow we're so used to hearing those deer come in and um that excitement of hearing them come in so that is different it is it, it you really are using your sight, you know in south dakota you're really your vision versus you're really hearing you're using both in michigan i completely agree gary i just absolutely i mean opening day this year i had a slow opening day um for gun season, but I heard heard the a nice doe come in, and it still was that excitement of listening to it come in off those leaves. Yeah, I, well,
2: there was there was one year I was. We have a small apple orchard on our property. Um, there was an old farm there years ago. All of it's gone, but the apple trees are still there. And one evening, I was up in my tree stand there looking over one of the apple trees and uh my uh, wife's brother my brother-in-law owns a 40 against our 40 and he has hardwoods and it was dry and still there was no wind and i could hear and i thought it was a person walking towards me and it was like who in the world is out here trespassing? Our, our land is all posted. Who in their right mind would just walk right over, uh, right, right around all of those no trespassing signs? And, and frankly, I'll be honest, I was angry because I heard this, what I thought was a person walking behind me. And pretty soon, and of course, I wasn't ready. And I, I finally, they got really close and I looked around and it's a nice buck and i spooked it because i i thought it was a per. and you know if if i had thought it was a deer my heart would have been pounding out of my chest because i love that not knowing hearing it coming towards me
1: absolutely it's a
2: deer you know it could be could be that once in a lifetime buck um you just don't know until they come into sight but for myself, and that I'm only speaking for myself, anybody else can have their perfect hunt, but for me, that is the most exciting hunt there is listening to those deer come in. Before you know what they are, because your imagination runs wild when you hear that deer coming through those dry leaves.
0: That's the truth, absolutely. It's always fun too because, I mean, if you're hunting especially in Michigan, you're hearing squirrels running around. You're hearing scurrying in the leaves, and especially you spend half the morning thinking that's a deer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear that distinct, you know, cadence of a of a, especially if it's if it's like that little bit more sluggish. Like, you, I've talked about this before. You can, if you spend any time in the woods hunting or spending any time hunting whitetail, you can you can kind of tell the difference between what you hear is what sounds like a doe walking through the woods. And a buck, and you just kind of hear that cadence, and immediately that heart rate starts to jump, you know, anticipating of what is you know coming down the trail or cutting through the woods there. And There's nothing like it, absolutely. That excitement,
1: and uh, I agree with Gary. If that excitement goes away, there's no reason to set out there. No, but I'm,
2: if that, if that, you know, to, to be honest with you, when I see a deer moving through the hardwoods, or and I still like to hunt the cedar swamps and stuff. I I still find that very satisfying to hunt the cedar swans and you see that that patch moving through the uh, trees and stuff and you're catching glimpses of it and i don't i don't really care if it's a buck or a doe or a yearling and even after i know oh that's that's a yearling i'm i'm still pumped up i mean it's a deer. Absolutely. It, I still get excited, even watching uh, does and small deer coming through. And like I said, when when I don't have that that rush and that excitement anymore, I'm I'm all done.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I don't know. I'm at the point. At least I'm at the point now. I mean, I am. I'm a little bit younger than both of you guys, but uh, uh, rub that in. <laughs> I don't. I I don't know. A I little. Don't, uh, yeah, a little, exactly. <laughs> we well, don't need to get into I gave, it. I gave
2: away my age. Yeah, everybody knows I was twelve years old in nineteen seventy-three. Well, so.
1: and and I was born when he was twelve. So there, you guys can figure that out. <laughs> oh, you
2: were born the first the year I first bow hunted.
0: There you go. But uh, yeah. I mean, like you said, just. Just the excitement of, I just love seeing deer, especially like, like you said, in a bow heading, bow hunting situation where they're up close and they, you mean, either you're on the ground or you're up above them and they just don't realize you're there and you're just watching them in close proximity, you know, hearing, you know, like, especially during like the rut time frame, you hear their vocalizations, you know, if you're, if you're so lucky to be able to hear them, you know, grunting through the woods or anything like that, um, well, the uh, all the years
2: that I've hunted out there since 2009, uh, either myself having a tag or my son's having a tag, or you guys having a tag, um, I have never heard a deer before I saw it.
1: No, agreed. Not like here. Yeah.
2: And still, as exciting as it is out there, I still like to hear the deer moving before I see them. It's Yeah, that's awesome.
1: No, I completely agree, and I think that you know that that came up when I talked to Gary about this friend of mine that was hearing impaired. He said, "Oh, that would be hard for me." Even though this friend of mine is amazing, you know, he can his vision's great, but that hearing the deer is like, I completely agree. You know, it's it's exciting to see him. Don't get me wrong; (laughs) that's next best. But yeah, completely, completely agree with that. You know, I I knew it, but after Gary talked about it, I was like, yeah, absolutely. That is so true. It's completely true.
2: Well, let's not let people think that this guy doesn't want to see deer. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! All he wants to do is hear him coming through the woods. He doesn't <laughs> care if he sees me. Oh yeah! Yeah! No! No! Oh yeah!
1: No! No! You want to see what you're hearing, but you're you're but you but Gary's right. You're making it might could be this and it could be that and yeah and I mean and then again it might not be a deer, <laughs> so that's part of the well, that's happens, part of it too. That's you know, part of it too. I,
2: I felt I felt ashamed of myself when I got when I thought it was a person trespassing. I got angry and. um you know, I was, you know, I mean, you know, other people can do whatever they want. You know, I just, I felt ashamed of myself that I, I got so angry and it it was nothing. I mean, it was a deer, not a human like I thought. (laughs) And, but I mean, this, this buck was so noisy walking through those, and it was maple leaves and they were just dry and, he was so loud, absolutely without a care in the world, you know, um, making all that noise. And, uh, it, it, you know, if I had not jumped to conclusions, I probably I probably would have harvested it. He was heading right for the apple tree I was watching. So, um, but I, I was angry and I spooked it. And uh, don't I don't have an excuse? And just that was my fault.
1: But you know, not even harvesting that deer—it's still a story, right? It's still—it's uh, still there. You remember it, so it left an impression. And I think that's—you uh, know—however that impression is, it's a story you can share. And I think that's important, also.
2: Well, on that same apple tree, I was watching. Um, this is a uh, hate to admit it, but I had cited my. I had sighted my bow in. I always sight my bow in with my broadheads. I always shoot them. Um, And I shoot all of them in my quiver to make sure that they all shoot to the same point of aim with the broadheads I'm using. And so I borrowed a broadhead from a guy. He was just talking about how great these broadheads are. Didn't shoot it. Put it in one of my arrows. And it shot higher than my other ones and there was a buck standing underneath that tree, uh, apple tree on a scrape, checking a scrape and it shot high and and uh, just grazed him and you said well how do you know that? Well because five days later I had my regular broadheads and he came in and stood in the very same scrape and I shot him and when I turned him over, I had cut him literally to the backbone, sliced him from the top of the back all the way. I could poke my finger on his spinal cord. I, I came that close. And that's just a confession. I, I, I would never do that again. Um, yep. You, you know, people can scold me. I expect it. Um, it was just short sighted. Something I knew better than to do and I did it anyways and uh, but you know lucky for me that time I actually got a second chance at the same buck Um, and it was it was scabbed over after five days it was kind of all scabbed over but I could still see his spine Um, yeah I'm not proud of that I'm actually kind of ashamed of uh, what I did I knew better did it anyways
0: yeah, I'm definitely at the point now where, especially, like, this year alone, like, I've I've blew so many chances this year, and it's just like, ah, like, I should have known better, I should have done this differently, so I'm definitely in that point of, at least in my hunting career, especially when it comes to arch, you know, bow hunting, like, those hard lessons where you're not going to make those mistakes again. Yep,
2: and, and that, and isn't that a learning process, Absolutely. and you know what, you know, these are two things that i did that that were mistakes and they were all my fault and um uh, i and you you hopefully learn from those and just don't do it again
0: Yep. yeah my dad and i we always say the same thing whenever something goes wrong it's like you have to get everything right and you still have to have those deer have made a mistake at some point
2: you know there's the old saying that there's there's 1000 ways to do something wrong and only one way to do it right and it's probably not technically completely correct but it it points to a principle yeah. there's a lot more ways to do something wrong than there, than there is right
1: yep. yeah absolutely and and the,
2: and the and the thing is is to learn from them and don't repeat the same mistakes you know einstein said that um, oh maybe Hopefully I can repeat it. He said, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result.
1: Well, and that's like my preparation for the uh, morning after my evening mistake. um, That, uh, yeah, I was very assured and I had everything was going to be right. And with doing that, if I missed my opportunity, that's fine. You still have to be patient to have everything right for that opportunity, and that was you know again a great learning experience and again you you do get second chances and um if if you learn from your your mistakes, I think that's that's something that um I think it's, it's the value that hunting can give to a people um because of course it's exciting there's opportunities, and with excitement opens opportunities for mistakes, so it does make you self-reflect that again it's important that you do all these things right so that
0: you have a successful hunt as gary pointed out yeah Yeah, and one thing too i I mean even like we talked about you know if you make a mistake even if you do everything right it could still not work out where the deer i mean you're dealing with deer they can do whatever for whatever reason so you could have that done everything correctly and have them still do you know pull a wild card and do something unexpected. Well that's the great thing out. about
2: deer hunting, isn't it?
0: That's that's part you know, of it, if exactly. we could go
2: out there and just at will every time uh, take a great buck every single time, I mean, c- c- kind of takes the mystery out of it. Oh exactly. You know? And it's it's lost its savor. Um, so yeah, I, I you know there's always something to learn. Um, and some, and I agree with you, Ty. I mean, you can do everything right, and it will do something completely unexpected. And you have nothing to be ashamed about. I mean, yep, yeah, I did everything right, and well, you had that happen this year when that buck walked directly away from you. Yep, kept the tree. I mean, really, probability wise, he should have stepped out.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah. You know,
2: and he. <laughs> kept that little tree right between you and him as he walked directly away what could you do about that nothing absolutely nothing
0: Yep.
1: well that's why they call it hunting and that's why again that's free will of the animal and um i think that's uh you've definitely learned that it's quite important it's not easy but that's what makes it makes it fun i think or i think the challenge is um is it makes it more rewarding when you are successful,
2: well, let's let's uh, let's be honest here. <laughs> Ty is the one who really harvests deer for you know the the venison. To, yep. to you know, I mean, my wife and I, we're our, all of our kids are out of the house, so it's we have we had four we have we have four kids. Just because they're moved out of the house doesn't. I don't want to use that past tense. Um, we're we're. Empty nesting it, so to speak. So, you know, frankly, uh, my wife she she likes venison and stuff, but she'd rather have me go get a USDA prime uh, ribeye and and grill it um, on the charcoal grill. <laughs> that's that's what she likes those or a, or a New York strip. So I mean, if we have the venison, that's fine. But um, if we don't. Have to have it so, the, and, and I guess what I'm saying is, we're we're at that point in our lives where we can be more selective, and um, uh, we're we're going more for quantity or quality yep. rather than quantity.
1: Absolutely, and and I'm, again, I love to eat venison. My wife not so much, but that's okay. And my son loves it, so if I harvest a deer, that's fantastic. Um, but in the same token, definitely look for quality.
2: Well, the thing is, we you know we don't we don't be judgmental or look down on on other people's uh desires uh and their their goals of of hunting and stuff you know um you know we've all made our sh- uh share of mistakes and and you know we could talk about you know when we were younger when you know if it was a legal buck you oh. shot it cuz you probably weren't going to see another one that's just our area and maybe maybe we're just and I'll just say it maybe we're just not very good hunters
0: <laughs> well, you know
2: not you guys probably, I'm talking about me and my family maybe we're just not that good of hunters and that's okay because it, it only costs us you know maybe there's you know I'm 62 and I've been hunting for what 50 years I started bow hunting 50 years ago maybe there's uh, things that people could teach me even now. Um but you know, it's it's not you know, we don't have to have the venison to live on or anything and we can be more selective. And I tell you, there's there's uh let's just face it, there's guys out there that are much better hunters than I am. They're more tenacious than I am and uh all the power to them. I like and that's why I didn't want to leave people with the impression, Oh my goodness, it's just paradise out there and up here it's not that's that's I know there's areas that are excellent hunting here.
1: Absolutely. And you know, and we've seen it improve.
2: But it's not my property.
1: No. <laughs> Me, you know? Mine mine either. Um I'm trying to develop mine and, and work it there. But um yeah, it's it's different hunting though. I mean it's 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 nice to to see um you know again we're using more our vision than our than our hearing yeah so it's just it's just different i think that's important too and i think you know i've hunted for a lot of years too and i think i like i enjoy occasionally different
2: let's say it this way Dwayne. Mm-hmm. it's not better it's just different
1: yeah i there you go no? and and sometimes i'm i'm that way i like different you know and uh, so yeah I, it's not for everybody Absolutely not for everybody. Some people aren't patient to wait. You need to wait. It takes probably three years.
2: I, I like. I s- still like hunting in a swamp.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I
2: wouldn't want to give that up for anything. Or hunting in a hardwoods. Um, it, it's just exciting to see deer moving through through uh, brush or through cedar swamp, and you, you can just see them passing. Through the, the the swamp or the hardwoods, and it's like, ah, well, what is that? Yeah, man, that, that could be a, a nice real, really nice buck, and that's, that's exciting.
1: and I'm like, you Gary, just seeing deer. I mean, when you see them and come out, even if it's a doe, I mean it's still exciting and, uh, and to see what they do and to see, hey how good could you how quiet can you sit and sit there and watch them go and not spook them, I think to me is important too.
2: You know, one of the first time I hunted, uh, rifle season, uh, like I said, back when I was young, um, geez, that sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> don't want give people the impression I'm, like, really old. Um, but one of the first years I deer hunted, uh, when I was 14, uh, a doe came around. I was sitting at the base of a great big white pine tree. Um, and a doe came around the other side of it, and it was three feet from me. I could have reached out and touched her. Wind was blowing away from her. I didn't move, and she just moved on. Now, come on. If that's not exciting and doesn't get your heart beating, um, you need CPR.
1: <laughs>
2: um, and like I said, and I do mean that, when I lose lose that excitement when i see deer moving through the woods and stuff yeah i'm i'm all done
0: yeah I, I mean i'd like to kind of give my uh two cents on what you guys were discussing about you know that one of my favorite things about especially hunting and part of the reason why i decided to you know part of you know doing this podcast bit is you know just the exploring of like you can have some like Complete different hunters have completely different goals why they're doing it why they enjoy it you know some people you know just want to fill the freezer feed their family other people want to chase you know a one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty, 160 you know inch buck and all of that's perfectly fine and everyone can do their own thing uh and then also too like you said you know i do want to touch base with, you know what you were saying gary that you know it's it's fun to go out to South Dakota. Yes, we get lots of opportunities, um, you know. But again, you know, there's. I mean, to be honest, I have some bucks here in Michigan that are bigger, you know, caliber bucks. Like I would say, or have you know, larger antlers than what we've saw, you know, in South Dakota. this Well, there. what
2: tell everybody what you picked up on your trail camera while we were out there?
0: Yeah, I mean. D- that's you know, right, a nice right. buck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean
2: with G2's that long, I I wouldn't I wouldn't pass that buck.
0: Yeah. So again, you know, and again there's you know those places across the country that you can get, you know, mega giant bucks if you wanted to go out there and chase them. Great. You know, those are, those are opportunities are out there. Well, that
2: buck had never been on your trail camera until you were out in yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. And he how many times did you catch him?
0: He's come out. He came out two nights in a row. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's a, uh, I mean, basically a, a slick six, but just really tall. I mean, He's probably, I would guess, maybe two year old. Yep. Two year old buck. So how, yeah.
2: how long do you think those G twos are?
0: Oh, I don't know. Ten.
2: Yeah, they're they're really 10, 11,
0: long. Ten eleven, eleven inches. Yeah, I mean, and it's always fun too because we had my dad saw a really big. He was a, essentially a seven pointer because he broke off a brow tine. Uh, just, I had to laugh because he's like, oh, "I just saw the biggest six point I've ever seen in my life." I'm like, "All right, I have a big six point, okay." And this pitch I mean, he's, I mean, he probably has you know, you know, eleven, twelve inch G 2s It just, and this that's the exciting thing too. And it's like, so it's kind of funny seeing like potentially the same genetics. But yeah, this buck never showed up all summer long. Didn't have him at all during the rut.
2: Well, I have a confession. Your listeners out there, I've hunted, I've bow hunted for 50 years, and I had to ask Ty what a G2 was. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, what is a what What is a G2? <laughs> you know what?
0: And that you know what? that's the funny thing. That, that doesn't even really matter. You don't. You don't really need to know that. Well, wow.
2: obviously, it hasn't made any impact on my hunting over the last <laughs> years. Exactly. It's like, well, okay, uh, okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You never f- knew that.
0: I mean, there's people that will score every single buck they kill. Other people, they don't care. It's, it looks good to them. Fantastic. They don't. They count the points. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Well, and we had
2: some good conversations about firearms and uh, calibers and. cartridges for deer hunting and stuff and
1: um. yeah and i want to you know share a little bit of you know going back to our trip and finishing up when we come back um as as you know gary brings that up firearms and things we um we love these things so we're, we're, we're hunting and we're also looking at firearms and things so on our way back from our trip i'll let the share that we went to uh we, we think we think it's a cool gun story. It's an incredible place with incredible people, and um, I mean, I think it was pretty pretty interesting. Um, go ahead, Ty, share them with the.
0: Yeah, so I mean, thank you for bringing that up, Dwayne. Yeah. I completely forgot to even bring this up. So yeah, we we discovered this place by accident. And essentially, we described it to Gary as a gas station slash gun store. So let's, let's talk about this.
1: This is how all this works. Um, Gary tells me, Dwayne, this out, you know, out West Hunting, it's pretty cool. You're going to like it. He gets me turned on to it. I go and I really enjoy it. I talk to Ty and say, Ty, you really got to try this. And so then Ty and I go out one year. We find this gun store and we're like, Gary. You got to go to this gun store. Gary's a little bit like, okay, okay, boys. I've been to a lot of gun stores. Well, I wouldn't say that Wayne's <laughs> not, not, you know. <laughs> He's okay, boys. I've been a lot of gun stores Once in a while. He might exaggerate. Yeah. So okay, well, okay. We'll I was ready to... to be disappointed. Yeah. So, so we were like, no, Gary, you gotta go to this gun store, and we did go to this gun store, and I I, I think um this one lived up for Gary's um be I think it went beyond Gary's expectations. Uh,
2: way beyond.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: The, I've never seen so many classic firearms in one place, Uh, maybe at a gun show, huge one, but the gentleman had Savage 99s and uh, Winchester Model 100s, Winchester Model 88s, uh, just all sorts of classic deer cartridge uh, rifles, and I was flabbergasted. The guy's been collecting firearms since I think he told me 1968 or 69 or something, and you wouldn't believe how many this gentleman has. Nicest people oh, that you could ever want to meet.
1: That's part of it. Is it's just it's an experience that um, you know I enjoyed when I was younger. I worked at a sporting goods store, my first um, real job. And um, we we sold uh, sporting goods and but people came in and they drank coffee and they told the stories and that's what's going on at this, this gun shop and um, just with this incredible um, amount of guns like Gary said and, and um, classics and it's just just an interesting place that we ran into.
2: Well, he has four huge gun safes that are stuffed full. I mean, some of them rifles have to be worked. I mean, we're talking mint condition. Yeah. Just he pulled out, the first gun he pulled out was an 1895 Winchester lever action. And the first thing I, I thought of was Teddy Roosevelt. On his safari, he took a Winchester 1895 in 405 Winchester, and he called it his big medicine uh, while he was hunting in Africa. And I said, is this a 405? It wasn't, but the thing was gorgeous, and,
1: you yeah. know, I
2: would have no, he had 32 40s in there, thirty-eight fifty-fives. <laughs> you name it, he had one, uh, in his gun safes there, five, uh, four or five?
1: I think, I think what we, what we found out is, I think Gary's gonna visit again. I think, um, well, I'm
2: going out there in the spring when Janice, my wife, is with me. Yeah. We're gonna stop there, and,
1: yeah. um, and we'll go ahead and share the name of this um, this gun store. And um, again, if you're if you're in the area, um, you couldn't find nicer people. I, I'm I'm going to offer up Ty to give a free shout out here for this. Uh, yeah, because
0: store. I mean, Dwayne, you and I have stopped there, but this is the third time now. Yeah. Yep. And again, I was happy that Gary was so impressed with the place and. That he wasn't I was
2: impressed <laughs> enough to buy a firearm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I got permission from my wife first, though. I called her before I made the deal. Yeah, and uh, so.
0: But yeah, so if, I'm going
2: to be in trouble when I get home. So
0: if if you're listening to this and you are ever interested, or if you're ever in Wisconsin, you know, or especially in the area of Wild Rose, Wisconsin, uh, look up. Oh, I, I always mess up the Loretson.
2: Yep, Loretson Sports.
0: Yeah, uh, they I mean, from the outside, it looks like a little convenience store gas station, but inside, I mean, it's a. Uh,
1: yeah, it's it's it, well, it's 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 a sportsman's heaven between guns, bows, handguns. But I mean, it is it is um and yeah, it, it, they've got a little of everything and a lot of a lot of things and uh, yeah, but I think ultimately what I've seen. Is It's just a local atmosphere, uh, people with passion for sports. And and it wasn't just about the weapons and guns and things of that nature. It was um, about hunting. He was sharing photos with us with children that came back to his store to show them the, the game that they've gotten. Um, he started with a, a young girl that got her first turkey, and then she went on to get her first buck. And she lived how many did he say a few hundred miles away they drove back to the store to share the picture with him and he was just tickled so it's uh yeah it it, it's it's an incredible store with an incredible inventory but just really good people yeah
2: well what i liked about it it was like a time machine
1: yeah went in
2: there and he had savage 99s and two fifty three thousand three hundred 300 savage he had a uh Model one hundred Winchester in two eighty four Winchester, you know, and these people we talked about that um, you know people think that these short magnums and everything are new they're not new I mean, they had short magnums clear back in the sixties you're you're just reinventing something uh, I guess and those those classic cartridges like the three hundred savage uh, two eighty four Winchester two fifty three thousand All them. I mean, they're still awesomely effective cartridges. Um, You know, I would encourage... If somebody has one, I wouldn't trade it in for something else.
1: No, it's just... uh, um, You know, and we talk ammunition. They have um, ammunition that... Gary knows if we don't load it, we can't get it. Um, They have it there. It's... it's, uh, You know, and... um, and fair prices are fair. I don't
2: want to tell them the ammo I found there because I want to go back. To this. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I, I agreed. I,
2: I spent the money. I could have bought the ammo on a firearm. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. really have that much in my uh, savings account to purchase. Uh, yeah, so let's not say anything <laughs> about what I found.
1: Well, to sum this up, though, all this becomes because of this going out to South Dakota, the drive out there, uh, the being with good people. Uh, these these two then the car with me are good people. Maybe maybe not me, but <laughs> no, they they really are. I mean, we just um just shared the experiences and um then again, this this gun store which was incredible and um things that we found and learned. And the interesting hey, part Hey, don't
2: forget the cheese shop.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, well we definitely had to get some cheese in Wisconsin. And um a shout out for dill mustard. And if you guys are from Wisconsin, you'll know what it is. If you're not, you're going to think I'm crazy. My wife said, listen, I don't want any souvenirs or shirts or you never get the right sizes, but I want my dill mustard. That's all I want. My wife never asked for much. I made sure I got my dill mustard.
2: Yeah, six jars. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, and he
2: talked me into buying three for my wife. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I honestly, if you've never had it, you definitely should try it.
2: Well, do you like mustard? Yeah. <laughs> do you like pickles? Yep. Well, this is both.
1: This is both, and this is great. In so, one shot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and this is this is what hunting does, right? I mean, we went out there, we had this trip, and then we had shared these other experiences um, of course, we're going to the gun store because it involves us in hunting and, and with these other experiences. But uh,
2: Well, you know, I told you, my, Janice's favorite snack is saltine crackers with mustard <laughs> on them. That's, that's her favorite snack.
1: We're going to upgrade her to some dill mustard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? And for those of you that hear this in Wisconsin a, will know what we're talking about, and other people are going to go, huh? But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's a, it really is good. Well,
2: John, the proprietor of the uh, the gun store out there, he was awesome. Uh, oh, wow.
1: Just, we met him, Ty and I met him at, in the evening, and I don't think we knew he was the owner. I think what happened, um, he well, was I there. I asked him. Yeah, well, you did you, this time. But uh, well, we met him before, and I wanted some ammunition. He looked at me like,
2: do I want to confess? <laughs> you
1: know? A year ago. I want, we wanted some ammunition, and um, it wasn't on their counter. They didn't have it. And he said, oh, who are, you know, we, we told him we came in the shop. He says, you know what, just hold on a minute. He went in the back room and took care of us. He brought out the ammunition and said, here you go. I mean, it just, anything, if they can get it for you or if they can do it for you, they would.
2: Well, if you don't see it on the shelf, make sure you ask.
1: You make sure you ask. If you
2: have a, an oddball caliber, um like I was looking at his ammo on the shelf, and there wasn't any three hundred Savage or two eighty four Winchester. But I'll bet you, if you ask him, yeah, he'd go to the back safe and say, you know what? Just a minute. Mm-hmm. I think I've got some of that. Like he did with your your uh, ammo. Yep, first absolutely. First time you were out there.
1: Absolutely no, and uh, and and it's because this is this is. Um, I guess I will say this is to me. I, I hope other places are like this. I see this as old school, but this is somebody that knows it's all about service, you know, and, um, and he provides that service, and, and, he, and he loves what he does. There's no question. He loves having that gun shop and loves the stories coming in. So, yeah, yeah, so honestly.
2: Well, how many locals were sitting in there talking? <laughs> oh, five or, or six? Yeah.
1: It just brought back memories for when I worked in the sporting goods and they came in and the locals. He had chairs oh, it, set
2: up. So people could come in and sit down and talk about
1: hunting. Fresh coffee, ready to go. Yep. Oh, fantastic. It just, honestly, I just go there for the, uh, just the experience, but, but then when you
0: see all the guns, I think that takes care (laughs) of it. And again, that comes back again, kind of what this whole thing has kind of been about is like the, the camaraderie, sharing the stories, experiences, sharing the hunts together. I mean... You know that environment of that store. Us going there. I mean, they were. He was super tickled to find out that we were coming from South Dakota. That we we're from Michigan, and that we made a point to stop in to see them. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, that he was, was. He was tickled about that. And again, us going out there, hanging out. You know, when we were done hunting, or you know, taking a break for the day, sitting around just talking.
2: Let's not forget he's a good salesman too because oh, yeah. he talked me into
1: <laughs> buying a fire.
0: He almost oh. got you to buy
1: too. Oh. He,
2: yeah, he, <laughs> uh, hey, I'll make you a deal on a second. One. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had to
1: I had to go out and take a nap in the truck because I kept buying things and I, so uh, yeah, he he is but you know you know you, you want to buy it from him, you do because he's just that kind of guy. You know, uh, and and uh, it really is. But I'll let I'll let Ty finish it up here. But I think um, we had a great experience. Um, South Dakota is incredible. As we talked about, we know Michigan's incredible. And, and getting better, oh. I think, with good plans. So I think that, Absolutely, no doubt about I it. think that's important. I mean, Gary will go back in history. He talked about, that. you know, wish Michigan would do this, wish Michigan. Now they're doing some of these things that he talked about for years he wishes they would do. So I think he's excited to see that. And we just like people to hunt. Um, we think, you know, if it's an it's an incredible experience and it, harvesting the animal to just the you know the friendship and all these experiences in between I, I don't know i don't there's nothing quite like it i mean it's it's pretty incredible we'll let ty finish up his show we're sorry we took it over
0: <laughs> no 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 guys you know again this is this is why again part of the, one of the great things about doing a podcast is like i get a great excuse to have to sit down and talk hunting with people it's i mean i'm i'm ate up with the whole thing i mean it's there's not a day that goes by i don't think about hunting or the outdoors so i absolutely love it and i mean we're we've already discussed plans for the future yeah of, you know things we want to do you know going forward um you know here in michigan as well as out in south dakota so i mean that's the that's the fun the other fun part then is when you're done with the hunt for the year you, the anticipation of the next year and you know, and that type of thing, so um, I don't know, Gary, is there anything else that you wanted to, to close with, or any final thoughts that you had?
2: Um, just that that there's, there's a lot, like you said, the, about the goals, everybody's goals are different, and stuff, and not none of them are any better or righter than anybody else's, and you know, I know with the way I talked about my hunting history and stuff, there people say, well, that's kind of goofy the way you think or something you know and you know what that really doesn't matter i've made it this far i am not going to worry about what people think of my hunting style or what i've done or anything i've enjoyed it and i think that's what actually counts if if you enjoy going after those just only wall hangers fine that's that's Totally, you know it doesn't say anything on your tag about style, you know, you know you just got to follow the rules and take them legally and uh, you know what you, do your hunt
1: absolutely what, exactly what yep.
2: you enjoy as long as it's legal you do it don't worry about what anybody else thinks what gives you enjoyment you do that and I'll do uh, you know whatever gives me enjoyment in my hunting that's what i'm going to do i encourage other people if it makes you happy and you're happy w- with uh your hunting and stuff more power to you
0: yep. absolutely yep that's i mean again we we circle back to that a few different times that, i mean that's what it comes down to you know honey wh- is what you make of it you can put as much effort into it as you want you can have your own goals you got it yep but yeah, let's wrap this up. I mean we're only a couple minutes away from uh, getting you Gary you home. Uh we've been on the road for what, twenty plus hours? So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We're probably talking in circles at this point. 22 hours. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so yeah, we'll wrap this up so we can, you know, get you home and get you unpacked and And I just wanna
1: thank both of you. Gary, thanks for starting this. You know, Ty. Um thanks for you know, coming along with this. This is uh I just, you know, these are two great individuals and and really fun to hang out with. So I'm going to leave that at that. Yeah, we had a great time. Yeah, it
0: was excellent. All right, so we'll wrap this up. And then, uh, again, it's been great, guys. All right, see you next time around. All right, so that's the wrap on conversation with Dwayne and Gary. So thank you both to you for coming on. Dwayne, this is your third time on the on the show and gary thank you so much for coming on for your very first time i know it can be kind of awkward when you're first doing it with the headsets and everything like that but you did great you had so much good information it was a pleasure to have you on and look forward to having you on again but yeah so that's it for the south dakota trip this year now we certainly you know had some good encounters we did see some deer you know note that we didn't see as many deer as we typically do. I'm not sure if this because of the, you know, still some of that um, residual from an EHD breakout or outbreak that they had uh, a couple of years back. Um, but we'll have to just wait and see to see how the deer numbers respond to that. And if, uh, you know, in coming years that the, the hunting starts to look back, you know, kind of what we're used to seeing there. And then for here in Michigan, of course, you know, December 1st through the 10th is the muzzleloader season. And then, of course, we've got the late archery season and then the extended uh uh deer season uh but of course that runs on uh, just public or i'm sorry on private land only Uh, so there's a little bit more limited on availability but there are still plenty of opportunities to get some late season deer Uh, certainly too i'm looking at that first you know full week of december uh, basically looking at that secondary rut uh, should be kicking in here shortly uh, so again if you have any doughs that haven't been bred uh, during that primary rut or if you have any you know uh, fawns that have made it to the required weight I believe it's sixty pounds once they kind of hit that range uh, then they're uh, potential to go into estrus so if you have any fonts, uh, they may go into estrus and some of those bucks especially those older class bucks that have been around a season uh, know that that's coming uh, so you may see some rutting activity uh, here in the next week week and a half or so again it won't be anything as predominant as the primary rut but you may still catch some bucks hitting scrapes again so keep an eye on your cameras as well as you may see, even some bucks doing a bit of chasing uh, around those food sources, especially as a lot of those deer are trying to recover and you know deal with this you no know, snowfall that we've gotten. So it's looking like the next uh, couple of weeks might be some good hunting uh, still to come. So, but again, that's a wrap on this episode. And as always, thank you for listening, and make sure you get out there, be safe, and have fun.